Welcome, welcome to the Lighthearted Podcast Adventure with four pastors who discuss God, His Word, and some other stuff. This is Pastors, pastors Live, a Rev FM production from Water Springs Church, Idaho Falls. Here now are Pastors Dave, Ty, Shane, and the other guy. Hey everybody, it's Pastors Live, and I didn't say anything yesterday about date or anything like that, but today is Friday. It's August 4th. Obviously, I was out of my groove. I was out of practice, and so now we're back in it. Two days away from Church in the Park. Yeah, two days away from Church in the Park. So this coming Sunday, Church in the Park, one service, 10 o'clock. Come out and join us. It's going to be great. Uh, A time of worship, the Word. We're going to have a a river baptism, a barbecue together as a church family. Um, But make sure you bring something to sit on, blanket, chair, something like that. And I encourage you to bring a chair because... You know, sometimes the ground's kind of wet this time of year, so come out and join us for that. It's going to be great. And no in-person service tomorrow night, uh, but you can catch a good online teaching. Yes, yes. Uh, Go to our website, go to our Facebook page, go to our, um, what's the other, YouTube, Instagram. Any of our social media stuff, and you can catch a good Bible study Saturday night, but there's no in-person teaching Saturday night. It's all, man, we're focused on Church in the Park. We are praying. One service, 10 o'clock. praying. And uh, asking God just to fill that park, man. And uh, we're, I'm praying personally for 100 salvations yes. on Sunday. Let's uh, go. Church in the Park. It's like the best thing we do all summer. I oh, love it. I love it. I love I like- it. Of course, right now we're in the throes of VBS. Today yep. is the last day of VBS. Woo! Uh, but there is something else. Today is kind of special. I was I did a shout out yesterday to my son-in-law, Chris. But today is the U.S. Coast Guard birthday. It nice. is August 4th. And that explains why it was Coast Guard Fest right as we were leaving. Take a uh, look at that year, so boys we were and there. girls. Yep. Seventeen. 90. 90. That's right. People think the Coast Guard is something that happened in the 20th century. That is incorrect. Nope. Mundo. Coast Guard From the has been very around. beginning of our nation, uh, these guys uh, in the Coast Guard protected our coasts. And so they're, uh, I think they're the second oldest branch of the military Amen. Uh, in the U.S. Coast so, Guard. So super important. Thank you very much. We appreciate you and all your service, guys. My, my son so, used to say, my son used to say, you know, Dad. I didn't know your son was a puddle pilot. I did. Uh, puddle my, pilot. I didn't know. No, that. my son is the youngest chief in the history of the Coast Guard. Oh, I did. Yeah, my, my son made chief uh, at the youngest age uh, in the history of the Coast Guard. Yep, Josh Coleman. Mm. Anyway, uh, Josh oh, used to Josh. say to me, he said, Dad, you know what? Uh, wherever they send the Marines, they send us to protect them. So uh, <laughs> thankful for. <laughs> wow. Hey, ask your coasty son-in-law. That's oh, yeah. actually what yeah, they say. Yeah. So. No, I'm, I'm, I'm there. But hey, guys, we have some wonderful readings today. We're in Romans 9. We kind of, uh, so we actually have a question today that we kinda, we'll talk about that. But we have, uh, we have Romans, we're in Romans 9, Proverbs 22, Psalm 33, Jeremiah 33. And by the way, you can comment or que- send questions to Pastors Live at the Rev.fm. That's Pastors Live at the Rev.fm. In the studio, we got Shane today. Top of the morning, Tim. And we got Dave today. God bless you guys. We got Joe here today. Hello. And uh, then we've also got Benjamin over here today. He's our uh, man under glass. He's doing our engineering and everything. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Indeed. We also have Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head who have been watching the shop while I've been away. And so uh, we're so thankful for them. And we are and glad you're back, Pastor Ty. We just have one question. Yes. Where's Lori? Come on. Uh, you know you what? Know, uh, seriously, dude. Lori has a capstone project that's due, mm. and so I'm praying for my lovely bride. Right. She's finished that out. And she's she's, that she's out. excused. She's excused. She's yeah, excused she's, absence. Yeah. So pro- <coughs> probably uh, she'll probably be here uh, next week and hang out with us a little cool. bit. Cool. Because I love having my my lovely bride here. Too. So it, it's it's a joy. Uh, she keeps us all in line. And but we do have a couple things coming up. We do have church in the park, which is coming up. 
ASAP. So that's two days from now. Uh, wait, is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, two days from <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, two days from now, uh, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. Please join us for that. Well, we also have a summer concert series that's coming up. And so our first concert is Water Springs uh, Music. And so our uh, Water Springs Worship, and that is August uh, 13th at 6 p.m. here at the church. Then we have Will and Crystal Yates the following weekend. And then we also then have Justin Gambino, who's going to be here. So we've got three Sunday night concerts in our Sunday night concert series. Invite people to come out and, and join us and enjoy that. So that's a, that's going to be a wonderful time and of just Justin worship. Justin just released a new album, right? He, he did. did. Made yeah. new. And nice. it's it is it's it's Killer. grand, man. Yep. He's killing it. So yeah. yeah. We love Justin Gambino. I'm I'm looking forward to Will and Crystal Yates. I haven't met them, don't know them. I, they're friends of Redmer, yeah? Yeah, they're friends of Redmer, so. and they've worked uh, with uh, Charity Gale and oh. People in Songs and Sweet. stuff like that. And cool. so, yeah, so really looking forward to that. We've actually, we've we actually have done uh, one of their songs for worship, and so kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be really great. Got great stuff going on, but guys, I'm so appreciative of you guys. Um, I my, one of my my children said to me the other day, I said, "Dad, Sabbath is like your kryptonite." Like resting is your kryptonite. It's like the one thing that you struggle with is stopping and resting. And um, I don't know. I, 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 I didn't mean to do the, you know, pastor type book club while I was on vacation. It just kind of turned out that way. Uh, but I really, I, I had had all these books. I just, I want to read these books. I want to get through this stuff. And when he said that to me, it was the, it was the funniest thing. Cause it's like, sometimes there's only certain people can say certain things in a way that are so funny, but yet are so true. Um, and just having good balance and good rhythm and things like that. And Gail Irwin said something to me years and years ago. He said, if somebody asks you for an answer right now, the answer is no. That's the most loving thing you can tell them. I got to know right now, then the answer is no. Right. If you have to know right now, I'm, I, that's that knows the answer. And it's boundaries. It, it's boundaries, right? Amen. And so I've always appreciated that. And and so I hope that you guys understand that it's important. We 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 do a lot of things here at the church. There is a lot of activity. There is a lot of stuff. But we as a church culture also need to be in a good place of of resting, of, of learning how to live. Um, in that healthy rhythm of rest, because you know the Sabbath is a gift that God gave to us. Um, and we, we, I love that. And we have questions that come in all the time. We had a really interesting question, so this one's going to be kind of fun. I'm actually going to read this one, guys, if you don't mind, uh, just do. because I, th- I think it's uh, this one's important. Uh, this is from Isaac and Kim. They're in Logan, Utah, and it says, um, "I know pastors have talked about the doctrine of election recently, uh, but my burning question is this." Why not everyone? That seems like God's prerogative to choose who he will, but I would really like to know, what I'd like to know is why me? Why would God choose me? It seems arrogant for me to look at my life and proclaim that I am part of the elect. I look at my life and see my failures in God's eyes, failures to be obedient, uh, sinning without effort, uh, sinning at times willfully, I love Christ, and I do not see the difference, uh, and I and I do see a difference in my life and mind since I I was uh, I was saved. But it sure seems that my love for God is a conditional love, uh, very imperfect. Um, where can I go for the answer to why me, and how can I? How can we be sh- sure of our election? I mean, there's like 10 questions here. Uh, how can I be confident that 
how can we be confident that we're not just fooling ourselves? And again, first of all, that's a great question and one that we're going to dedicate some time to here. And so, guys, where would you start kind of sharing with Isaac and Kim? Um, how would you want to approach that? Well, if you're going to look at the big picture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So how much of the world did he love? And so is he sovereign? Does he have a choice? Yeah, you can go to Romans 9 for that. Actually, our reading today is there uh, <clears throat> because God does say, Jacob, I love Esau, I hate it. How do you wrap your mind around that one? You have to work through the larger context of Scripture, right? Yeah. But also we have to go through all of the statements that come in, First John five thirteen. I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life and that you continue to believe on the name of the Son of God. So it's it's not just going to be a check the box, answer the question, right? We've got to work through this on a larger scale, that God has loved the world. You can go to Romans uh, chapter 8. There's a lot there. <laughs> Shane, go ahead. Well, I love what you're saying, and I would say what Jesus says in, Ro- in John 8, he says, if you're my disciples, you'll continue in my word, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you Free. Free. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to throw sure. well, in and with what you were saying, because it's important. Yeah. And, and I, I look at it this way. If you go to Romans chapter eight and you look specifically uh, at verse 28, 28 is probably one of the bumper sticker uh, T-shirt verses that nobody knows the context to. And so it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those that love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. All right. Well, who has he called? Who has he loved? Right. And who has responded there? There is, I think is a very unique position. Have I responded to the call of God? Have I responded that he loves me? And so for our listeners, do you know that God loves you for God so love the world? Uh, God would that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so do you have a response to the truth of the word of God? And he goes on to say that those whom he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Well, the question is, whom has he foreknew? Davy foreknew you. He knew me, foreknew me. He foreknew the world. Did he not? Right? So if he's foreknew that, and, and what is our response? What is the response of somebody who's been justified, declared righteous because of their faith in Jesus? You know, and so I, I think there's a very deep conversation. The question that's asked here, as we talked about before we went live, is how many people struggle with the very questions that Isaac and Kim are asking here? Well, uh, let me go back. Let's deal with it one thing at a time. Why, why not everyone? That's a soteriological question. Why is not everyone saved? So, so the study of soteriology is the theological approach to um, when we're studying in our relationship with God of how we are redeemed, right? For as many as believe in him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. So if you believed on him, you have the right to become the children of God. As Joe started, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So uh, the idea of the word so is how, not quantity. It's not God loved the world this much. And we have a tendency to do that. We put our arms out wide and we think that like, and that's, that's not the Greek context. The Greek context is this is the manner in which God loved this the, is world. How he loved the world. This right. is how he loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever should do what? Believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The question is why not everyone is not on God's side. The question of why not everyone is on our side. 
we choose not to receive Christ. We choose to reject Christ. So the answer to why not everyone does not land that that question is not thrown into the lap of God because God did everything he could that all could be saved. Yeah, he desires all. Because he desires all to be saved, but we choose not to receive. So that kind of, I would go there. Yeah, Dave. Let's go back to Genesis. Right, yeah. If you go back to Genesis, everybody on the planet, the entire world population was saved. Adam and Eve. They chose to turn from God's word. They chose to rebel. If you go back to Numbers, um, the entire population of the children of Israel moving through the wilderness rebel against the Lord, and he takes his hand of protection off. The fiery serpents attack, you know. Uh, Moses makes the brass serpent, puts it on a pole, and God says, everyone who looks at the serpent will be healed. Well, why not all? No, everyone who looks on the serpent serpent will be healed, and it's exactly what you're saying, Ty. The why not everyone is not on God's no, side. no, and we it's on man's right. side. Every yeah. single human being on the planet, Adam and Eve, rebelled against God's word. Yes, right. The children of Israel, every single one of them, had provision to be healed. Every one of them. Jesus points to that in John chapter three with Nicodemus. Everyone who looks upon the Son of Man when he is lifted up will be saved. Um, uh, John says, whosoever will may come and drink of the rivers of life. I mean, everyone can be. And so when we talk about this thing of election, you know, you guys know I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Mine happens to be sarcasm and flippancy. Um, (laughs) It's like, look... um, you can choose to be elected, I guess. I mean, I hate to be so flippant about it, but it's like, choose to be elected. Choose God. And then when we get to heaven, we can have the conversation, wow, Lord, why me? Well, I think well, also when you take a look at Paul's opening, almost every single letter that he writes is all about, I'm praying for you that you will continue in holiness. You will continue after Jesus. You will remember that he died and rose again for you. So, Check yourself to see if you're in the faith or not. Remember what salvation has done for you. Remember the work of Christ and walk in what's already done. And on the other side, Shane, you <laughs> said it. In, yeah, yeah, that perseverance of the saints was sticking out there a little bit. Yeah, uh, just say, yeah. well, well but, yeah, but yeah, walk I'm, I'm in what's you. already done, yeah. and that's your choice to do. Well, yeah, but you know, you said even back in the Old Testament, we were talking about judges. Shane, you you pointed out that it was Israel who chose to do what was right in their own eyes. It wasn't God made them do it. Right? right? So they had a choice there, and they chose against God. And, you know, Hebrews says um, in the chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 6, I'm going to read. It says, verse 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then in, in verse 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And it, it narrows it down to faith, right? It narrows it down to the choice and the response of our faith. Faith isn't just this uh, lukewarm, you know, thing that doesn't move or I don't have to exercise my faith or anything like that. I just, I naturally have faith. No, we all have to put effort into our faith and trust the Lord and follow him. And and I do, I, I don't want to 
spend too much time on this, but I really dislike the extreme Calvinist stand because I believe that it leads to hopelessness overall. If you follow well, all, all extremes, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. The extremes. Extremes. yeah the extremes are dangerous here because yeah. one of the extremes is what's known as double predestination. Right. Um, and sometimes when people are super, super hyper on one side or the other, it's well, yeah, God made some people to be to go to heaven and other people he made to go to hell and he loved the whole world. What they say is, well, he loved the, only the redeemed of the world he died for. Right. He didn't die for the whole world. And so I have never first been John able... First John says otherwise. Yeah, first John says otherwise. I have yeah. never been able to fall into a place of fully embracing th- that... Yeah. Uh, that, that, one, that's, or uh, other, other, one or the right? other. One or the other. I know, I actually fall, and I, I really wish uh, Dr. Bashirs would actually write all this out. I think it would be really hilarious to read, but... Uh, but I kind of fall into this place of a Calvinist place. And most Calvinists I meet, if I push it, they're a three-point Calvinist, most of them, because there's things that they believe, they still believe that we're responsible. And so it, you know, I believe that there is a point where I'm responsible. And you asked the question, which was really good, um, where can I go to get the answer to why me? Well, God so loved the world, and so you are part of the world, and so he died for you. If you have responded by faith to Christ, although you still struggle. Let me clarify something. I was a sinner saved by grace. I am I am saved. I'm sanctified. I'm redeemed. I've been washed in the blood. I'm a child of God. I'm blessed and blessable. Uh, that's my space with Jesus right now. I still have to deal with my sin. Yeah, because I still Paul, sin. Says, I, yeah. Paul says wrestle, in Romans, wrestle with is a better way to say I am it. carnal. Right. So yeah. And it's in the yeah. present tense. I am continually carnal. That's man. That's a tough one. Well, right. what our who, brother who will save me from this wretched? Who will save yeah. me from Jesus. this wretched? Christ yeah. Jesus, yeah. and that's yeah, everyone's choice. Which is the beautiful part of Romans eight one. There's oh, therefore now no right. condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, right. before the mics went hot, we were talking about Moses and Pharaoh, right? Because a person could say, yes, from the same lump, God created Pharaoh and He created Moses, and from a cursory per- perspective, okay, that's fine. But when you look at that story even deeper, look. Moses and Pharaoh both got what they wanted. They made a choice. Moses says, God, I'm not going anywhere if you don't go with me. And God says, right on, Mo. I'm going with you all the way. Pharaoh says, I don't want anything to do with your God. Right on, Pharaoh. You get what you want. So yes, one was hardened, one was softened. That's true. But it's because that's exactly what they both wanted. Moses wanted to be soft and pliable in the hands of God. Pharaoh wanted nothing to do with God. And mm-hmm. they're both made in the image of God. And guess what? They both got what they wanted. And one of the problems that we have when we, when we come to Romans 9, we get to Romans 9, 10, and 11. Romans 9, 10, and 11 have train wrecked more <laughs> pastors and more so, Christians than I can shake stick at. Right. Because, it's, you're, because you cannot hold two truths that are scripturally evident together with the tension that they bring. Um, and and I, I think it's important that they that you understand they work in harmony. They're not in they're not in conflict. God's sovereignty and our responsibility are not ideas in conflict. They are ideas in harmony in God's economy. This is a God kingdom thing. And what happens with some people is they're like, well, it has to be one or it has to be the other because I can't handle it not I can't handle it being one or the other. Some people really struggle with taking into their schema this idea going, look, God is fully sovereign. I have no problem with that. 
Um, and that's why rule number one, fear God. Rule number two, don't fear anybody else, right? God is sovereign. He's got your back. He's with you. The Lord is on your side. He fights your battles for you. Um, and I, I love, uh, you know, is Isaiah, is Isaiah 14, 14 that says uh, the Lord will fight. The Lord fights for you. Oh, right? Right. oh yeah, sure. stand still. Yeah, stand still. Because I, the Lord will fight for you. Right. And then, of course, then Psalm 27, 1. Right. Um, which is, you know, who am I going to be afraid of? I mean, I, I'm. The Lord's with me. Uh, There is this beautiful tension that we have to understand that you are, as a human being, responsible for your choice of what you're going to do with your knowledge of God. And that's Romans chapters 1 through 7. Oh, amen. Well, another thing that I love about Isaac and Kim's question is, I look at my life, sinning at times willfully, I love Christ, uh, but yet I'm failure... uh, failing to be obedient and sinning without effort. Okay, well, you welcome to the club, yeah, right? Welcome to Romans 7. Guess what? Here, here's yeah. uh, as personal as I can get. I want to encourage you guys. Nobody has to teach me how to sin. Nobody has to teach me how to blow it up. Nobody has to teach me how to be disobedient, ungodly, wicked. Nobody has to teach me that. So what I love about the question is you're sensitive to the reality and that it's only the Word of God and His indwelling Spirit is going to transform my mind in righteousness and holiness. We talked about sanctification yesterday. That That is God's will for you, Isaac and Kim, your sanctification, and that is your willingness to be obedient in the faith. Don't live on yesterday's faith. You got to pay it today. And and so I'm not talking about a work salvation. I'm talking about a works that comes from salvation. Right, the right. beauty of being obedient to God to honor him because the work Jesus did was perfect and final. So don't add anything to it. Walk in the glory and the beauty of it by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit and the Word will never, ever contradict. They will never disagree. They are always in line. Rest yeah, assured absolutely. in the words of red. Right on. Hey, listen, guys, we're out of time for today. Listen, you're loved, your family. Hey, this weekend, church. this weekend, this weekend, I, I, church I, I finally, the park. yeah, church in the park. Uh, so yes, this Bring weekend, it. hopefully puberty will be over for me by then. Uh, this weekend, church in the park, uh, 10 o'clock uh, on a Sunday morning. Uh, get there early. It's a great time. River baptism. It's going to be awesome. Pray for salvation of souls. It's going to be amazing. As we talk about Jesus says, come to me. Anyone who's weary and hurting, broken, I'm I'm there for you. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. So God bless you guys. We'll talk to you on Monday. Pastors Live is a Rev FM production from Idaho Falls, Idaho, and is made possible by the Ministry of Greenhouse Coffee. Send your questions and comments by email to pastorslive at therev.fm. Then listen for their response on another episode of the lighthearted podcast adventure, Pastors Pastors Live. Live.